Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast, where you can hear messages from our church that will directly impact your life. Our hope is that by listening to God's Word, your life will be transformed by the power of His truth. To learn more about our church, visit cornerstonebv.org. Here's another message from Pastor Jamie at the Cornerstone Church. Well, thanks, Tom. How are we doing tonight? Oh, you can do better than that. Come on. How are we doing tonight? Man, somebody needs a pillow. I'll get that out in a second. Um, So uh, I was thinking, you know, I don't think there's a single person in this room, including myself, who wouldn't say, yes, I want to know the secret um, to what we call contentment, right? How do I get contentment? And what is the secret to that? If you um, just uh, look at a definition, it's just the uh, prolonged state of happiness and satisfaction, right? I mean, I don't think any of us would be like, I don't want that. I want to be content. And how do I get there? What do I do to, to get contentment? So as, I, as you Google that, there's all kinds of different sort of ways that people think that that's what contentment means, you know. And, and, and there's tons of them you can look to, but I grabbed a few that I saw. One of them um, isn't just sleep, right, but it's, I got my pillow. Last night I had a dream, I ate a giant marshmallow and woke up, my pillow was gone. Oh, that's good. I've been telling that joke since I was three. Still gets a few laughs. So some people um, think it's to have a home or a place to lay my head where my family is or people I love or care about and we're under that place, right? And that's contentment. And yet the one who was the most content, Jesus Christ, actually said when someone asked to follow him, right, he said, foxes have dens, right, birds have nests, but the Son of Man doesn't have anywhere to lay his head. So meaning that there's a good chance neither will you. And some think that contentment comes with cash or checks or credit cards or whatever else you might buy, comforts or pleasures, right? If I just, not necessarily rich, right? But if I just have enough money, right? I, I, in the bank, just a little extra, I get what I need, I will be content. It's a big one for people. Yeah, again, Jesus, whenever he talked about money, it was never within talking about satisfaction and contentment. It was always talking about warning us that this will not do it, right? Others uh, kind of see contentment as if I'm healthy, and the people I care about are healthy and safe, which is now symbolized largely by these types of things, right? Our masks or our social distancing. And, and, and while some of those things are wisdom, uh, show wisdom, I think it, it shows how much people right now value, am I healthy? Am I, and as long as I am, right, as long as I'm okay and the people I care about the most are okay, I can have contentment. And yet again, Jesus said what to his disciples? You will have trouble in this world. He promised persecution and he, and he promised uh, all kinds of, of troubles would come. And so that can't be at least his answer to contentment. So the Apostle Paul in the passage that we have in Philippians is going to give us the key to contentment. So you're going to leave here saying, I know exactly how to be content. Who doesn't want that? 
Let's pray together. Lord, as we come to your word, we believe that it's true, and I pray that you would take it, move our hearts, move our minds, move our lives. Oh, gods, we just so want to be content the way you define it. So help us, Lord. Help us to, to, to reject the things that we are relying on to give us contentment, satisfaction, and happiness. And show us what truly is the source of that, the key to that. It's in Jesus' name we, we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, so we've been going through, and we're almost done, with this verse-by-verse look at the book, the letter of Philippians that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi from prison. And uh, so we're rounding out. We're actually in the last section. And so if you have your Bibles, we'll put it on the screen. But if you have your Bibles, it's, uh, you can flip them open to Philippians chapter 4, um, verse 10. We're going to look at just verses 10 to, to 13 together. Uh, by the way, I do want to thank um, the many uh, of us in our church that have already gone online or clicked on the link or physically filled out. Um, we asked everyone, not without putting their names because we're not harassing anyone, but to actually, you know, look, what, what is God telling me to give to our renovation project for the next three years? Um, again, we're not asking for names. We're not harassing anyone. It's just for planning purposes. Uh, that starts September 21st, I think. Uh, so if you've done that, that's great. If you're still kind of meaning to do that, oh, I, I need to do that, then uh, that helps us. There is physical forms right out, uh, and you can just drop them in one of the boxes. Again, just right, you know, next three years, what has God put on my family's heart to give? Um, or we'll, we'll email that out one more time probably this week, and you can, you can do it online. Um, and it just helps us for, for planning purposes, but we are very grateful. Just a reminder that, um, you know, we're, we want to do that because uh, we're not going to make a renovation project our purpose, right? The building is not our purpose. It is a space for us and future generations to accomplish our purpose, or partly, and that's the gospel, to spread it, to share it, to, to train people up in Jesus Christ. So uh, that's why we don't really want to make it a big deal. We just want to do it and be done with it, all right? All right. So as you, as you uh, oh, and by the way, we do still have a business, um, uh, uh, baptism coming up. We mentioned that. I've had a number of conversations this past week and have more scheduled. If you've never had a believer's baptism, want to be a part of that in September, let me know after church or uh, after the service or, uh, you know, call me or email me during the, the week. Uh, so verse 10 is actually beginning, because we, we, if you were here with us last week, we rounded off sort of the, the, we ended, I should say, hit the command section where Paul said, this is what I need from you, church, right? This is what you need to do. And now he's going to close out the letter, the letter besides, you know, saying goodbye. And it's really one topic that we're going to deal with this week and next. Um, I mean, one section, but we're going to look at this rabbit trail that Paul took. Um, so, so really this section is because he received a gift when Epaphras, I just screwed up his name, but you get the point, came to see how well he's doing. He was their messenger from Philippi. He came to Paul with a financial gift. And so Paul needs to thank them for that. And so he's going to start doing that, but we're going to see and want to kind of focus on how there is a rabbit trail uh, that he takes in, kind of in the, the middle of that. So verse 10, he says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Right, so I want you to notice, this is again the theme of the letter, right? Joy, do 
rejoice, is to burst forth with joy. And so he's rejoicing, but who is he rejoicing in? Is he rejoicing in the money? No. The gift? No. Is he rejoicing even in the people who he loves uh, deeply? No. He's rejoicing in the Lord, right? It is because of God that put on their hearts to help him and to send that gift along. And so he's, he's rejoicing, um, but he, he's, he's saying that, that there's a reason why he's rejoicing, and that is not necessarily the money, but that they were concerned for him. See, they apparently had given him a gift way back, um, and some gap had happened in between where they just didn't have the opportunity to bless him. And, and now they are again. And that word revived, it's like a, yeah, I don't know if you're a flower person, I'm really not, but it's like if you have a flower and you're not sure, it's kind of weary and it's wilting, you know, like that might be dead. But then you work hard, you give nutrients, sunshine, water, that whole thing, and then one day you look and it's bloomed again. It's been revived. And so he's kind of saying, you didn't really have opportunity, but your concern for me is still there and you have sent this gift to me. And so he wants to make sure that, that, that he thanks them, and he wants them to know that, he, that he's so thankful for their concern for him, right? But this is where the rabbit trail begins, because we'll get back to that whole thanking next week. But now he's just like, well, well, I need to make sure they understand that this really isn't about the money. This really isn't about the gift at all. So he says this in verse 11. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. And there you have it, our word, to be content. I have learned in whatever situation. So he, he's, he's saying, I wasn't in need when you gave me that gift. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you gave it because it shows how much you love me and you're concerned for me. But I wasn't in need. I'm not now and I never will be. Why? Because I've learned. To learn is like to go to school, you know, and he's our students here are like, shut up, don't talk about school, but it is to go to school and to learn something you didn't know, right? Except this school is situations in his life have taught him something, how to be content. I've already learned that throughout all of these types of situations. He says in verse 12, I know how to be brought low when life humbles you. Anyone know what that feels like? <laughs> and I know how to abound. I hope you know that too. When you've had success, you've, had, you've soared, you're on the top of the mountain, right? So he's like, I know how to be brought low, and I know uh, what it means to be in the top, right? Both in those situations. He says, in any and every circumstance, I have, here it is again, learned the secret. That's a weird word that he uses. He borrows it from what were called mystery religions, where they had rites and, and religious kind of uh, ceremonies that were secretive that uh, you uncovered spiritual truths. So he's sort of borrowing that word, and he says, I've learned the secret or solved the mystery of how to be content. Right? I've learned that through my life, the ups and downs. He says of, of uh, facing plenty and hunger. That would be food. Abundance, so more like treasures or money or stuff, and need. Right, when I've had plenty of food on my plate and nothing on my plate. When I've had all kinds of stuff and amazing blessings and nothing at the same time. Right? So, so for you and I to understand, there is nothing wrong with you right now if you are in a beautiful 
place, like a blessed place. Like God has blessed you. Family's doing good. Like there's money in the bank. Job's going great. Don't be afraid of that. That is a good blessing of God, right? Paul says, I've learned though to be content in that. Also don't think there's something wrong with you if you're in a low place right now and you feel like you don't have, you have a big need relationally or physically or emotionally. There's nothing wrong with you. That's called life, isn't it? The ups and downs of our life, situations. And so what Paul says, I've learned through those because both of those ups and downs give us temptations when it comes to not being content. When you are being blessed, you start to believe that this is the reason I'm content. I have this amount of money, this amount of success, this kind of relationship, right? And so if this is it, we clutch. We clutch onto it, we defend it, we get angry if we think someone threatens it, and then we're not content at all. We're angry, we're bitter, we're scared, we're envious, right? That's how, that, that's the temptation of the, the mountaintop. When we're in the low place, the temptation is to give up. The temptation is, if I just had one of those things, I would be content. And so Paul has learned through these, no matter what place, what situation, I've learned the secret of being content. He, um, he, he taught, kind of gives uh, just a, a vague sort of up and down, hunger, abundance, need, plenty, um, but I think in 2 Corinthians 11, verses, or, uh, chapters um, uh, 12, 11 and 12, which we won't read all that or anything, just a, just a little bit of it, he's giving his testimony. In chapter 12, right, he actually says there was a time when he was given a vision of heaven. Like he was allowed to glimpse the glorious throne of God. So amazing that he just couldn't even really explain it. Like, that is, if I've ever heard one, a mountaintop experience, isn't it? I mean, I sometimes pray, God, just give me a glimpse of what that's going to be like. Because I can, I can just drive on that fuel all day long. He, he, he's had the road to Damascus experience where he met Christ. He's seen amazing successes. He's, he's eaten with kings. He's just had so many different awesome experiences in his life and his ministry, Right? As he said, I've known abundance. But in, in uh, chapter 11, he talked about the low points that he's also suffered. Look with me um, and as he kind of explains that in that chapter to the Corinthians. He says, in this mid-sentence, but he says, With far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. So five times he had been hit, been beaten 39 times. Three times I was beaten with rods. That was probably Gentiles. Once I was stoned, which we read about in Acts, where they thought he was dead. Otherwise they would have killed him. They were like, oh, he's dead. He got up, went back into the city of Antioch. He says, once I was stoned. This has always been my favorite. favorite. You guys know that. <laughs> Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. Like, I don't know about you, but I get on like a little like uh, ferry boat or something, and if there's like, like waves kind of make me go, whoa, it takes some Dramamine. It's like another year before I'm willing to get back on a boat. Shipwrecked? Nah, that's it for me. One shipwreck is all I got. Three? In which one time I was on, hanging on debris for a night and a day? That's Paul's life. 
It's crazy, right? He says, um, and then he kind of just kind of gives, he says, on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers. I don't know if you picked up on the theme of that one. All that danger, and he says, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, and often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. So, so there's also that, that tough part of being a pastor, an apostle, of, of how are you doing, and worrying about people. He's like, all of this I suffer. Right, the, the lowest valleys, the darkest places that, that, that I'll bet there's very few of us have even suffered one of those things. And if you have, I hope it's not two of those things. Paul was riddled with those things. He had the mountaintop, visions of heaven, road to Damascus experiences, and he also had hunger and shipwreck and beatings and imprisonments and stoning and anxiety and all of that. He's, this is his testimony, right? So when he is writing the Philippians, he's like, I've known abundance and I've known want and I've known hunger right and so I yet I have learned the secret the mystery of how to be content through all those situations up and down mountaintop and desert and then it's verse 13 that he gives us that secret I can do all things through him meaning Christ who strengthens me it's a verse you've probably heard before Probably seen it on a t-shirt. Maybe you have a coffee cup with it. And that's good. But, you know, this is not a punchline verse. This is not something that we just quote before, you know, playing in our game or we didn't study for our math test and (laughs) hoping that we do well. It's intentionally vague because, again, Paul is just saying ups and downs, all the situations of my life. I have learned to be content because I can do all things in all these situations and circumstances through the strength of Jesus Christ, him who strengthens me. And so for us to learn what Paul is telling us about his own life is, in that little rabbit trail is that there is a secret to contentment. And it's not more comfort, and it's not more money, and it's not being safer, and it's not being healthier. The secret to contentment is Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the secret. To be content is to know Christ. To know Christ. See, we often talk about put your faith in Jesus Christ. He died for you. died in your place. He died for your sin. We think of it often as hell insurance. right? That I can get to go to heaven and not hell. I get to live with God and not apart from him. And that is absolutely true, right? But that's not all that's true with you and I when we're a Christian being in Christ. There's so much more to it. There is a satisfaction that comes with being and growing in Christ. That, that he, when he died in your place, when you trusted him in faith and by his grace, he saved you. He also made peace between you and God, the Father. That means you can approach the throne of grace anytime you want. Pray about whatever you want. And he's always listening. Specifically because Christ made peace between you and his Father. Otherwise he wouldn't listen. He made a way where there is no way to be in 
Christ. It means you have the indwelling Holy Spirit. It means that the fruit of the Spirit spirit can be displayed in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. All of these are yours when you're in Christ. You have new joy in Christ, a new eternity in Christ. The indwelling Spirit produces abilities and gifts that maybe you didn't have. You and I now have the ability to make a difference in the world because we're in Christ. And so Paul's saying it is the joy of being in Christ, growing in Christ, loving Christ, growing in the wisdom of Christ. This is how he has learned to be content. Because in all these things, I know I am strengthened by Christ because I am in Christ. If you've ever, if you have never, what we say, or laid your yes of faith at the feet of Jesus. Do it. Don't wait. It is God's only way. The gospel is that you and I are separated from him for eternity because of our sin, and yet Christ died in our place. And because of that, all of this Paul's talking about, all of this contentment, is because of knowing Jesus Christ. Christ. It's by his grace. You don't need to do anything but trust him and say, yes, Jesus, I want you to save me. I want to follow you. I want all that you have for me. Purpose, plan, all of it for eternity. Yes, that's what you need to do. Contentment will not come from anything of this world. It will come from knowing Jesus Christ. It's the strength of Christ that has given me Paul said contentment. Whether I'm going through something awesome or I'm something low. It is the, the, when Horatio Spafford wrote the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, as he is going over the very spot where every one of his children died in a shipwreck, the reason he wrote that is because of Jesus Christ and because he could be content with the greatest grief of his life that you and I could not possibly imagine, or I feel for you if you could, because maybe you've been through something like that, to have contentment through that is because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Whether I'm, I'm uh, have the temptations of this world because I'm experiencing success, or whether I'm in the low valley and I don't know what to do and I don't know how to get out of it, I can do all things. I can have contentment because my strength comes from Christ. There's a, an NBA uh, rising star on the Orlando Magic. His name is Jonathan Isaac. That's a picture of him. I didn't even know who he was because I'm not an Orlando Magic fan. But I uh, drafted him on my NBA fantasy basketball team this past year. And so uh, I didn't know who he was. And he was kind of middle around. So I actually started following him on Twitter. And I came to know because he played, he, in the beginning of the season, he more than surpassed what people thought he was going to be. And I was really excited because that helped my fantasy basketball team. And so I follow him on Twitter and, I'm, and I realized this man loves Jesus. Because that's all he ever talks about. He didn't talk about basketball. He talks about the Lord. He, he quotes verses and all that. So he got hurt this past year, and he was supposed to be out for the year. But because everything got extended because of COVID, and they are just playing now, he actually was able to start playing again. 
and he had uh, a couple of amazing games, and he made national news, right, of how successful he was. And so uh, I look back at what he, he put, what he tweeted out on Twitter, right, for everyone to read when he was on the kind of the mountaintop. And this is what he said. He wrote, First um, Timothy 1.15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. That's what he wrote. Humility. I'm in the mountaintop. You know why I'm content? Not because I can play basketball or I can score points or get rebounds or people think I'm awesome or people listen to me. I am on a mountaintop. I am content because of Christ. I was chief of sinners, just like Paul. Two days later, He had another devastating knee injury. Now he's probably out for at least next year, maybe longer, as you see a picture of him in pain. And I look back, so two days later, after this happens, what did he say? This is what he wrote. It is well, exclamation point. 2 Kings chapter 4. And then he says, thank you for all your prayers and concerns. I'm encouraged. Remember, Our God is not just a God of the hills, but he's a God of the valleys. My comeback will be greater than my setback. I still stand in Jesus' name. Only two days separated those. The highest mountaintop, the lowest valley. What changed with his contentment? Absolutely nothing. Why? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He can keep me from the temptation of the riches of this world when I'm on the mountaintop and the fames and fortunes and the adoring fans and success. And he can sustain us and strengthen us when all seems lost and everyone else is gone. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, I've um, had times, I can think of this summer, try to go away with our family, um, and I don't know, I make no, mis- no uh, qualms about it. I'm a kind of person who loves the beach. I love everything about it. I love the sun. I love the salt. I love the sand. I love the warmth. I'm not a big winter beach guy, but you know what I mean? And there's this, usually this time where all of our family will be got, gathered on the beach, and, um, and, and I just love it. I love everything, including eavesdropping on people's conversations, Heather will tell you. I'm not perfect, all right? <laughs> some good things about the beach. And, and I think about that and the contentment that I can feel I'm with my family, not just my immediate family, but cousins and, uncle and, and my dad and, and just the contentment you feel. But see, the, the temptation on, on a mountaintop experience like that is that I need to clutch on to this. Like, I need to have this every day. Like, if I don't have this exact moment, I won't be content. Then it just slips away, doesn't it? You see, that same family, a number of years, were gathered together when my mom or Gigi, grandma or wife, died suddenly of a heart attack. There we gathered in a church and in a hall for a funeral. There our prayers were more the groanings of grief. And yet, I was content because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So can you when you know him. That's where the secret of contentment is. All the situations of your life is knowing and growing in Jesus and trusting in him and the good and the bad and everywhere in between. 
I'm sure this room, um, we could lay out all the different situations of good and bad, and we couldn't, we'd go all the way to CVS, cross the street, all the different situations in, the, in our lives who, who are in this room and represented. I mean, they can be real hard things. I did a funeral Friday. Um, it, it wasn't anyone in our church. I just needed a pastor, and so I did it in a funeral home, and there was three people there. And it wasn't because this, this wasn't a, a, good, a, a nice woman or anything. And she was quite elderly, which they say you want a small funeral because it means you outlived everybody, right? Um, but also she had had Alzheimer's for five, six years. People tend to start grieving you earlier when that happens. But there was her husband of 47 years and one of her sons. COVID also kept people away from out of state. They would have been there, but they couldn't come. And one niece. What do you say in a situation like that? 47 years, walked with her through Alzheimer's, and there he was burying his wife. All you can ever do is share the hope of Jesus Christ. What else am I going to Because it's Christ who strengthens you. That's not the words of some pastor who puts on a tie. It's Christ. I've seen people bury children or their spouses. Or, and, and what do you say? What do you say when you, go to, when, when you have relational brokenness or you lose your job? Or, or what do I say? It is that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. In Christ who strengthens you. All things. Whatever the valley, whatever the mountaintop, whatever blessing you're going through right now, this is why we can worship through tears. This is why if, if you, are, you are majorly blessed, you can be radically generous because you don't care. Your contentment is in Jesus. This is why you deserve all the accolades at work or somewhere else or whatever it is and you don't have any problem deflecting it on someone else because that's not what gives you contentment. Jesus is. This is why you can pen a beautiful poem or hymn as, as Horatio Spafford did even through the greatest grief of his life because it is through Jesus that we get our strength. If you've never trusted in Christ, do it. If you have, trust in him all the more. Whatever blessing that you're going through right now, whatever valley you're in right now, it is through Christ that you and I get our strength. That's what Paul wants to teach us, to learn contentment, is to learn more about Jesus. Let's pray. Father, you sent your only son to die for us. That means we can have a relationship with you. Oh, how grateful I am that I can talk to you even now because of the cross and the resurrection. Father, help us to simmer in that right now as believers, those in this room who know Jesus. We just think about what we have because of what you did. Salvation, new life, new purpose, gifts, the indwelling spirit the ability to pray and worship, serve. Father, the blessings you put in our lives of family and friends and work and how you've taken care of us and the health you've given us and the strength you've given us. Father, the valleys that are represented in this room that you have walked us through of grief and pain and loss and sickness. 
And here we are because of you. Because you love us and loved us far before we could ever love you. Lord, would you give contentment to your people in this room, including me, that we wake up and say, I know Jesus, I'm content with whatever this day brings. Give us that view, God, of the world, of our lives. Lord, for anyone who just needs to surrender their life and faith to you, Jesus, that they would do it even now while I'm praying, that they would just say, Jesus, I don't know what all of it means, but I trust you in you. We're so grateful that we can do all things through our great Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who strengthens us. In his name we pray, amen. Let's stand and sing to the great King, Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Cornerstone Church podcast. To listen to more messages or check out our church, please visit cornerstonebv.org. If you are looking for a church home in the Blackstone Valley, please join us on a Sunday morning at either 9 or 11. We are a gospel-centered church where our lives are transformed by the power of God's word.